video that was cut off due to uh, overload on the memory. That's the second step in the plan of salvation. A man must first hear the gospel, and then he must believe it. He believes in the deity of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and the one body wherein is salvation. And so a man must hear, he must believe, thirdly, he must repent of his sins. A man must repent. In Acts chapter 2, the people who were present on the day of Pentecost wanted to know the answer to the very question that we're discussing today. That is, what must I do to be saved? In Acts 2 and verse 37, they cried out, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, Peter answered, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And so a man must repent. Now, we need to understand what repentance is. Repentance includes three things. First, repentance is a change of mind. It's a change of thinking. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 28, Jesus illustrated this in this way. He said, but what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented. Now, some versions say he regretted. But afterward, he repented, and he went. Now, you see the point? He changed his mind. He said, I'm not going to go, but then he changed his mind. That's the first thing involved in repentance. It is a change of thinking. Sometimes I hear people define repentance as to stop sinning. But that's not really a good definition. Because you see, a man could stop sinning without really repenting. Now, that brings us to the second part of repentance. First, repentance is a change of mind. Secondly, repentance involves godly sorrow. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. All right, thirdly, repentance involves a change of life. Now, sometimes this is called fruit of repentance. In other words, if I have repented up here, then you should see it out here. If I've repented in my mind, you should see it in my life. For example, if godly sorrow has caused me to repent of stealing, then I'm not going to be stealing anymore. If I've changed my mind about that, I'm not going to practice it. I have had a change of life. Now, repentance then is a change of mind produced by godly sorrow resulting in a change of life. Acts chapter 17 and verse 30 says, Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Okay, step number four. A man must hear the gospel, believe it, repent of his sins, and then he must confess. Romans chapter 10 and verse 10 clearly tells us, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In Acts chapter 8, as Philip was teaching the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch, the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip responded, If you believe with all of your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Acts chapter 8 and verse 37. And so, with his mouth, he made that good confession. And that's the confession that we're talking about. It is a confession 
of what you believe. It's a confession of what you've heard. You know, sometimes people think that they have to make a confession of their sins when they become a Christian. I want you to imagine if, if a man is 40 years old when he first becomes a Christian. That's a lot of sin. That's a lot of confession. It's impossible. No one could do that. But you know, that's not what's expected. In fact, if you think about this, these steps are a very natural progression. You have to hear, and then you have to believe what you've heard, which causes you to change your mind or to repent, and then you confess that you believe what you've heard. You know, sometimes when talking about confession, people go to Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, where Jesus said, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And they'll say, see, this verse teaches that we have to make that confession. Well, I suppose the principle is there, but, but I don't think this verse is really talking about this good confession. This was said to the apostles on what we call the, the limited commission and was said to encourage them and, and I suppose could be applied maybe in a broader sense, but, but that's not really the point. What must I do to be saved? Hear, believe, repent, confess, and finally a man needs to be baptized. In order to have my sins washed away, I need to be baptized. Ananias said to Saul in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. I can't be saved until my sins have been washed away. And this verse teaches that my sins are washed away in baptism. Now, friends, that means that I can't be saved first and baptized later, as is commonly taught by many. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I can't have my sins remitted before I'm baptized. Therefore, I can't be saved until I'm baptized. A man can't be saved until he has applied to himself the cleansing blood of Jesus. And so the question is, what is it that washes away my sins? And the answer is, the blood of Jesus. We sing a song sometimes, what can wash away my sins? And the answer is, nothing but the blood of Jesus. In Matthew 26 and verse 28, Jesus said, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many, for the remission of sins. Jesus' blood was shed for the remission of sins. Revelation 1 and verse 5 says that Jesus Christ loved us and washed us from our sins with his own blood. And so we are washed by the blood of Jesus. Someone says, then where does baptism come into play? You see, baptism is where I contact the blood of Jesus. Jesus shed his blood in his death, and it is in death that I contact that blood. Listen to this, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death. Now Jesus shed his blood in his death. I am buried into his death through baptism into his death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And so I'm buried in the watery grave of baptism into death. I contact the blood of Christ and I'm raised to walk in newness of life. Why? Why do I have newness of life when I come out of the waters of baptism? Because in baptism, I contacted the blood of Christ. 
in baptism, I was washed and I was cleansed and, and now I'm a new creature. You see, in baptism, I contact the cleansing blood of the Savior. As a matter of fact, when someone suggests that a person can be saved without baptism, in reality, he's suggesting that a man can be saved without the blood of Christ because baptism is where I contact the blood of Jesus. And friend, every person that I read about being saved in the Bible and becoming a Christian was baptized in order to do so. And in many passages, it is specifically stated in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter preached, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Acts 2.41, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Acts chapter 8, in the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch. Acts 8.36, the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Verse 38, And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Also in Acts chapter 8, the people of Samaria. Verse 5 says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Verse 12, But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Acts chapter 10, in the conversion of Cornelius. Acts 10.47, Peter asked, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized Acts 16, the conversion of Lydia, verse 15. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, also Acts 16, the Philippian jailer, Acts 16, 33. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Acts 22, the conversion of Saul, verse 16. Ananias said to him, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Now, I know that there are people in the world who say that baptism is not necessary, that a man is saved prior to baptism, that baptism has nothing to do with salvation. But friends, the Bible still says there is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21. You know... It is interesting when discussing the plan of salvation with people because many people will admit to the necessity of hearing the gospel. Most people will acknowledge that a man must believe the gospel. Many will accept repentance. I suppose most will accept repentance. And you'll, you'll get very few arguments over the need for confession. But when it comes to baptism, many people will deny that it's necessary. I want you to notice this chart with me. It's a, a conversion chart. It has a number of conversions from the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, we have listed nine different accounts of people who obeyed the gospel who became Christians. I want you to notice that each of the steps of the plan of salvation is not specifically mentioned every time. I want you to notice that even though confession is commanded by God in order to be saved... More often than not, it's not specifically mentioned in every passage. And we could say the same thing about repentance. Few people would question the necessity of repentance, and certainly the Bible commands it, but it's not always specifically referenced in each and every conversion account. But I want you to notice baptism. In each of these nine accounts, baptism is specifically mentioned. Now, to help us appreciate the necessity and the importance of baptism... I want you to envision in your mind a circle. I want you to picture a circle. And I want you to label over the circle 
body of Christ. Do you see it? A circle, and then it says body of Christ. Now, next to the circle, I want you to envision a stick man. So you have a circle, it says body of Christ, and you have a stick man. Now, I want you to think about this. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10 says that salvation is in Christ. And so this circle represents the body of Christ. Salvation is in Christ. And so inside the circle, I want you to write salvation. Now, 1 John 5 and verse 11 says that eternal life is in Christ. So write the words inside the circle, eternal life. Now, here comes the question, the question of the utmost importance. If salvation is inside that circle and eternal life is inside that circle, how do I get inside that circle? How do I get into the circle? And friends, the answer is found in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27. The Bible says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You see, baptism is the doorway. It is what moves the man from outside of the circle to inside of the circle. It takes the man on the outside and puts him into the body wherein is salvation. Now, I want to make...
walk in there and deliver your brothers and sisters yeah, into right. the kingdom of God? Yeah. Amen. God bless you.
So you see, that's what some people think, oh, this miracle isn't real or whatever, but there's real effects. You actually can tell. You said once you got your shoes off, you noticed something? I noticed that my whole legs and feet felt differently. Yeah. And I knew there was a big change. Yeah. When you got your, your shoes off, you could, like, yeah, okay. And then uh, you got, what happened to you today? I was baptized today. And what happened in the baptism? How was it? The joy of the Lord came over me. It was the most beautiful feeling I've ever had. Wow. And that's, so that's amazing. Um, and uh, you said the enemy tried to stop you from getting baptized? Yes, he did. He made me sick this morning with friends. And didn't know if I was going to make it or not, but I did. I was bound and determined. I even told myself, well, there's pastors here. If I need them, I'm coming. But there is no stopping me. So you actually, uh, after you got baptized, what did you end up doing? I ended up staying in the pool and I helped with two more. So you started baptizing people, helping with the baptisms. Yes, I did. So right away, he gets baptized, and now he starts baptizing people. Yes. And when you were in the pool, um, did you get a prayer language or anything like that, or what happened? I did. I just let my mind and my mouth wander, and I started speaking in tongues. Started speaking in tongues. Is that the first time? First time, yes. First time. What did yes. you think of that? I thought it was amazing. Wow. So you got the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, and he started baptizing people right away. Yes, that's correct. I did, yes. <laughs> what do you think of that? That's quite an experience, I tell you. It's amazing. It really is. <laughs> so that's the way we do it, boys. That's the way we roll. That's one here. I highly recommend that you screenshot this and that you send this picture to everybody that you know, because you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven without being baptized. You just can't do it. So... Send this to everybody that you know. And I'm telling you, if they enter into the covenant with God through baptism or self-baptism, you're bringing someone back from the dead. You're saving their soul. And your reward will be great. So here's how you do it, right? Baptism, self-baptism. I'll read you. This is the, the quickest, easiest way that I could... Um, summarize the gospel right accept yeshua hamashiach today as your lord and savior he walked in the flesh on earth amongst the people healed the sick raised the dead and performed countless miracles he taught people the truth he was crucified on the cross and resurrected three days later he was seen again amongst the people for many days Many witnessed his ascension into heaven with their own eyes. And he's coming back. So get baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is a requirement to enter the kingdom of heaven. And you can do it by yourself, all by yourself, and rebaptize after age 11. Because at age 11, you are expected to exercise your own free will. If you took an 11-year-old kid into a restaurant, they could tell you what they want to eat. Therefore, an 11-year-old kid can tell you, or actually can tell God, whether they choose to worship God or not. So, after age 11, you have to be rebaptized. This is, a lot of people are going to be left behind because the drops of water that were put on their forehead when they were a baby... Those drops of water expired. Those drops of water 
were not your free will. It was somebody else's. You were too little to know the difference. At age 11, you're expected to make your decision. So in case you didn't know, don't let this be the technicality that gets you left behind. Do it yourself, right? Here's how you do it. Step one, be near any body of water or rain. Even a bathtub and or shower works. And have clothes on. Step two, say aloud, I accept Yeshua HaMashiach as my Lord and Savior. Or you can say Jesus Christ, whatever you feel comfortable with. Step three, then say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I baptize myself. Step four, submerge in water or get soaked. And you're done. Then love God with all your heart and get rid of false idols. And love your neighbors and love yourself. This is how you enter into the covenant with God. And I'm telling you, screenshot this and pass it around. Because everybody who does this, if they can do these things here, they will be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But without entering into the covenant with God through baptism, it don't matter how good of a person somebody thinks they are, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven without baptism. Right? But here's here's the bonus. Once you're baptized, our Father in heaven will send the Holy Spirit to you. And you will be blessed with dreams and visions. And I really can't even explain how cool <laughs> how cool it is to have dreams from God, to learn things that you can't possibly know otherwise. It is awesome. So it's a win-win. I highly recommend that everybody does it. Let me ask you, sir. I'm not saying this will happen because I don't know, but if you died today, do you believe beyond a doubt you'd go to heaven? I don't know that yet. Okay. Well, let me share with you what the Bible says. It says in Romans 3, we've all sinned. Romans 6 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life. And in Romans 10, it says, whoever calls on the Lord will be saved. Pray this quick prayer with me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I give you my life. I make it right tonight. Give me a holy boldness to preach the gospel, to see my friends saved. To see my family saved. I want to shake this nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll serve you. I'll serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, brother. How do you feel now that you prayed that prayer? Awesome. That is awesome. Well, let me get you to fill this out real quick for us. And on the phone or email spot, just write your address and uh, or your city and zip code because we didn't have a spot for that. Okay. And Roy, let me ask you, the Bible says in Mark 16 that if you believe, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll get well. Do you have any pain in your body, Roy? Yes, I do. Where at? My leg. Which one? This one. All right, let me get you to fill it out and I pray, pray for your leg. 
All right, Roy, and where's that pain at in your leg? My leg, my right leg. leg. Just right here? Yeah, I'm telling you, my, my knee down. Well, Lord, I just thank you in the name of Jesus. You said, Lord, that if we believed, we'd lay hands on the sick and they'd recover. So, Father, I thank you that the pain leaves Roy's leg in Jesus' name. Now, Roy, lift it up. Do something you couldn't do before you came here. Well, it just hurts constantly. It don't mean they don't stop me from doing something. It just hurts. Well, where's the pain now? Well, it's not so much there anymore. Where's the pain? It's not going there so much anymore. <laughs> Can you tell the camera what just happened? Man touched my leg and made the pain go away. <laughs> I'm with the ministry team here, and we're just asking people um, a few questions. One is, do you go to church anywhere? Well, yeah, occasionally, not like all. Okay, that's all right. Well, uh, let me ask you, sir, um, I'm not saying this will happen because I don't know, but if you died today, do you believe beyond a doubt you'd go to heaven? Uh, not with certainty, no, sir. Okay. Let me share this with you, sir. The Bible says in Romans 3, we've all sinned. Romans 6 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And then in Romans 10, it says whoever calls on the Lord will be saved. Pray this quick prayer with me, sir. Say, Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sin. I give you my life. I give you my life. Give me, give me a holy boldness. A holy boldness to preach the gospel. To see my friends saved. To see my friends saved. To see my family saved. To see my family saved. I want to shake this nation. I want to shake this nation. With the gospel of Jesus Christ. With the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll live for you. I'll live for you. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, sir, how do you feel since feel, you prayed that? I feel good. Awesome. Thank you. That is awesome. Well, let me get you to fill this out real quick. Well, let me share one more thing. It's what I did with uh, the gentleman just before you. Is The Bible says in Mark 16 that if you believe, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll get well. Um, do you have any pain in your body? Well, at 51, I got pain everywhere. So. Where? Tell me where the most pain is in your body. Well, uh, my shoulders have been hurting today. Are they hurting right yeah, now? Been, been running the lungs. Let me see. Right? Where at? Just up in my shoulders, up in here. Right here? Yes, sir. Right here is where the pain is, yes, right sir. now? Well, all down in my shoulders. All right. Well, Lord, I just thank you in Jesus' name. Your word says that if we believe, we'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. You take pain away from James' shoulder in Jesus' name. Now, James, move it. Do something you couldn't do before I walked up to you. Feels good. Where'd the pain go, James? It's gone, my friend. <laughs> it's gone, my friend. Thank you, brother. So you had a constant pain. Do you have a constant pain in your back of nine? I had actually what my back and my shoulder was a nine and a ten, and this awesome guy came in and did a blessing and my shoulder feels fantastic. All the pain if went I away? I wasn't a believer before, I am a believer now, yes. God is Love good, you guys. Isn't it? God is good, yes. This is, the stuff is real. So thank okay, Lydia, what happened? I, I prayed, you, you had uh, 
level nine pain in your back and and the pain went down to virtually nothing, right? Yeah. God is good, isn't he? Yes, he is. Praise What happened? You hit pain in your legs. My legs. And on a scale of one to ten, the pain level was what? And what happened after we prayed? After you prayed, I did that's not my knees, my legs, no pain. No pain. No pain. The Lord is good, isn't it? Yes, he is. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, he is. I just pray for each and every one that they come to see him. Because that's our way. There's no one there. What, what happened? Healing and it won't come back in Jesus' name. 